1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly
0: wa Waffle House rules. Never ask. Never never look back. My wife used to hate Waffle House. And I was like, no, see, nah, girl, you messing up. Don't look in the kitchen.
1: No. Straight <laughs> down not? at your plate.
0: Never look at the kitchen. Yeah, straight down at your plate and eat it. Alright. Never look at the kitchen.
1: Somebody's getting beat up. You just keep looking at your kitchen. You just keep place.
0: looking just out. Keep them oh man. It's rule number one. Never look around
1: who's writing and rewriting history, first ever national title for Texas
0: Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away, and it's gone. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You're on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, we are in the offseason. This is the off season for basketball. It's the offseason for football. However, it is not the offseason for baseball and softball. We're in the thick of things when it comes to baseball and softball. And so we are going to talk about that right now. Uh, and the softball maestro himself. Listen, y'all don't want to listen to me talk about softball. I'm not going to sit up here and act like I'm just a softball genius. I'm not that guy. I'm taking a step back and letting the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen, who is a softball guy, light it up and tell you about the texas tech softball team what's up germ uh, god i am no softball genius but i do pay attention yeah i gave you a lot of credence right now i
1: gave i give you high praise big expectations <laughs> let me set him up and see how how embarrassing he can how, how much he can embarrass himself in the next five to eight minutes Uh, yeah let me just tell you a little bit about what texas tech softball has been doing in the first year under uh, coach craig snyder Um, of course coach snyder coming over from texas a&m getting some footing here in west texas uh, bringing on a really good staff uh, bringing a a couple of good transfer players over into the program and just kind of building a culture early on right saying that you know he doesn't want to really doesn't want to waste time wants to get out there and start getting you know some really good wins and so you know, start off the season in the non-con really. You know, start off really well. They didn't have too crazy of a non-conference in, in regards to the like the best teams that they played were. Um, they played Texas State, which they actually won both of those. That was their first back-to-back top twenty-five win uh, of the season and first back-to-back top twenty-five win in some time. I think you know early two thousand, early two thousands. Uh, then they go on the road um, to a tournament in Maryland and they they split a. Split a game with Maryland, who was ranked number twenty two at the time. Um, they got a six one dub the first go around, but then after uh, absolutely hammering North Dakota twelve to one, they actually I guess <laughs> they ran out of juice because uh, they ended up losing to uh, Maryland the next the next day, three to seven, or later that day three to seven, and then you know we kind of have a, a canceled game Bucknell, uh, Bucknell, and then Abilene Christian. This is what we get in the conference play, and this is what for Texas Tech fans. Uh, for fans of softball, like this is what you've been kind of okay, we're having it's to give it a one for one with base uh, people who like bas- tech basketball. you play really well in the non-conference because you don't really schedule schedule anybody. And so it's really hard to get a read on where is the team. Um, and how prepared are they to play in conference? Because you can be as good as you want to be in non-conference play, but if you're not like, if you're not performing in conference, it really doesn't matter. It, it, it actually kind of does you a huge detriment of, okay, well, obviously you you, can, you fit somewhere, but it's not in this conference. Like if you're not going to be playing well in this conference, you, you don't belong in this conference kind of thing. And so you open up and to their, <laughs> to their credit, uh, Tech opens up their conference play, the three-game stand against Texas, right, number eighth, uh, one of the better teams, like top three team in the Big 12 right now, uh, triple loss, got that triple triple L uh, there in Austin, Texas, had to listen to that on Longhorn Network, which cannot express how thankful I'll be when that's gone, but <laughs> um, You're better than me. I wouldn't
0: listen. I've I've shut up. Not watched tech games if it's on Longhorn Network. Like like, hey, sorry. They're so pedantic,
1: man. It's like whoa. The way they talk, just like you sound like a cartoon character, like a rich cartoon character. Like you you putting effort into this, and so um, but you get the triple loss there against number eight Texas. Come back uh, to Lubbock and you get Iowa State. Who is a worse team than you uh, in softball, 100%. Although, they picked up a really huge win against Oklahoma State uh, yesterday or today or something like that. Uh, but you go on, uh, you lose that first, you lose the opening one, two to three, and a lot of people are thinking, oh no, you know this is not going to be, um, it's going to be a tough conference. This is going to be a tough conference if we're losing to Iowa State like that. But, you bounce back. Um, something that." Snyder has tried to like Coach Snyder's put onto this team that we not really had a lot of in past seasons is offense, good batting, um, and emphasis on like batting and batting strong. Like, yeah, we've had a, a lot. What a,
0: what a genius! Yeah, who would have hey,
1: thought, thought you just got to hit
0: the ball when the ball comes in, you just got to hit it, right? And that's 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 how you win games, that's how you win softball games. I'm an expert now, I'm on your level. Gentlemen. Let me give you, a, you
1: a revolutionary idea, girls. We're gonna take this here stick and whack the shit out of them. That's, right.
0: That's right. That's what they pay me the big bucks for.
1: And whack the shit out of it, they've been doing. They've been doing. So uh, this kind of all started uh, in Iowa State. Not really started, but like the second game against Iowa State, cranking them out. So we went 8-4, and you backed that up with a 7-5 win. So you win your first conference series. Um, again, this was a poop sandwich because you had Texas. You got the good series win against Iowa State, but you followed it up with probably the best one of the, one of the best teams in the nation in Oklahoma. Uh, you go to Norman uh, against the you know number one Sooners and you triple loss. You can't even you can't buy you can't buy a run in any any form or fashion. Uh, but no problem. You come back home again. We're gonna try to I think Coach Schneider is gonna try to build a program uh, slowly and efficiently here because you you want to win at home, right? So we get the series win against Iowa State at home. Uh, you come back home after Oklahoma after just a decimating triple stand and against number 18 and now you think i mean you think in the past four games in the past four series you've played three uh top 25 teams you played three ranked big 12 teams so this is not this is not a like breeze conference by any stretch of the imagination but you come you come out and you have a really good game against Baylor in that first one um you win ten to eight, uh, and the hard part is that the next night you you go and have an excellent offensive night once again. But Baylor just just had a much better one. Eleven to six eleven to sixteen loss, and then you actually lose it up on uh, Sunday uh, five to eight. So right now, and we're looking at you know we're looking down the stretch here. Uh, you've got can you got a series against Kansas, which will be in super important because that's a team that you should be winning against, and you have a series against Oklahoma State, who is an excellent team. Um, I mean Oklahoma schools and softball. They're not ranked right now, but, like, it's a dangerous team nonetheless. Yeah, no. You're Craig Snyder's softball team. You're sitting at 29-17, but you're 3-9 in conference, right? It's a terrible percentage, although you play in a really tough conference with some <laughs> ruthless teams. Um, you're 12-5 and five at home. You're doing an excellent job at playing well at home uh, where you can. You're actually doing really good on like in neutral zones, like in the neutral playing field, eleven and four. Um, playing away at your conference foes has been it's kind that, of the bane. It's that damn so, road games. Those damn road games. It's the road games, man. And so let me tell you, that's just the scheduling. Uh, that's just kind of how things have played out of the schedule. If you look, if you if we take back, if we take it back a step and look at this thing, kind of at the uh, bird's eye view. Texas Tech is sitting really middle of the pack in terms of batting, which is better than we have been, right? Um, you know you have uh, you've got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech. So uh, it's not a bad place to be. Baylor is actually worse than you in batting right now and then you got Kansas and Iowa State and pitching, this is where Texas Tech is getting into trouble and I'm not gonna um, say it's on any one pitcher per se, but like Texas Tech is only better than Iowa State. So there's a little bit of work to do on the pitching front, Um, fielding or like defensively. For people who are not familiar with that terminology, um, again, you're right there in the mix of it. You're just you're basically neck to neck, neck and neck with Baylor for that fourth spot behind. You guessed it, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Um, Cumulatively, like you've got some studs on this team, and I want to just like I want to shout out. uh, You know, there's been a couple of records that. Texas Tech softball has been has been smashing this season. Uh, the most important one, I think, is this: they've set the single season home record. Uh, they have set they have broken, excuse me, their single season home run record. Um, I think they're sitting at sixty eight home runs on the season right now, because you've got players like uh, Kaylee Wyckoff, who's got fifty, uh, excuse me, who's got nine of them. Uh, You've got McKinney Herzog, who's got seven. You've got uh, Alana Barraza, who's got nine. You've got Ariana Via, who's got eight. Oh, and then yeah, let's not forget Ellie Bailey who cranked out fifteen home runs this season so far. Um, so Coach Schneider has definitely found some athletes who are able to make some substantial contact with the ball, and this is against really good teams as well. This is against um, you know this is against Baylor who's not a slouch who's ranked. You know this is against. Uh, Texas, like these are, these are good teams with good, uh, good pitching. So it's kind of a, I think where we are. If we we just like look at it, um, where softball is right now is in a really good. I'm kind of like crouching back face. Like I'm gonna figure out our identity. I'm going to establish a culture, which is something else that, you know, if you've, uh, I know a lot of people aren't watching it, but you really need to go watch Tech softball because they are. I mean, they are having an awesome time. They have this little rock. Dwayne the rock right it's hilarious um they have they play at the rock they play at the rock uh Rocky Johnson field so there is this um culture of success like a desire for success there's this culture of team and like sportsmanship within themselves like there is it- they're having fun and I think that's a huge relief for us of those of us who have watched the softball program over the couple of years, you know, we've had, and we talked about it in our whole cut episode, like the softball program has gone through a little bit of turmoil. It it, it really has. And so to see coach Schneider come in to say, you know, I know where this program has kind of suffered. I'm going to identify that and I'm going to establish something um, fun, but that's also beneficial to the university, beneficial to the image of the softball program, uh, because that's going to in turn pay dividends. When you go back onto the recruiting trail after the season, um, and you've got two really good series here at the end, Kansas where you should win, and then Oklahoma State where you can at least have a good showing to finish out before you get to kind of the uh, post-game uh, po- <clears throat> excuse me postseason discussion, that Big 12 tournament and all that. So that's softball in a nutshell. So Jeremy, what is the likeliness that there's a postseason for this team? You know, um, I think because of – and this is something that's gotten Texas Tech in trouble uh, – a long time. It's it's just like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas have dominated the conversation. I think Baylor's going to have a better resume as of right now. Um, just kind of looking at it, even with their loss to Oklahoma State, obviously, uh, or excuse me, not to Oklahoma State. I'm thinking of Iowa State. Uh, their win against Oklahoma State. Um, it's 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 fringe. It's fringe right now. We are on the uh, on the fringe, and so. If you win against Kansas, that's that. I think that doesn't hurt you, obviously, but it's not going to do too much for you. Getting picking up one or two wins uh, against Oklahoma State will have people start talking about it. But I don't know if uh, the like I don't know if a serious postseason. Um, I don't know if you're gonna have a serious postseason presence this season, but this is definitely a team that will next season um, be there. Great. It was great. So that's
0: softball. In a nutshell, like Jeremy was saying, uh, let's switch on over to the to the other diamond, go to the law, from rock from the rock to the law, uh, <clears throat> on the baseball side of things. So your 21st-ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders have had quite the season on the baseball side of things. I mean, they started off the year reeling off 11 wins in a row, right? They were good. They, they beat a Gonzaga team that will likely be in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Four-game sweep, no problem. to start the year off. That's always a good sign, right? Then you beat Western Illinois, kind of a middle-of-the-road team. You beat Air Force, which is okay, right? And then we do what we always do when we go to the Shriner Classic in Houston. We lose. (laughs) I don't know what it is about the Shriner Classic in Houston. Every year, we go there, pump our chest out, and take two L's. (laughs) It never fails. We always are one and two. I don't – it never fails. We're one and two, and sure enough, we lost to Rice and A&M. You know, but overall, I think the season has gone pretty well. You know, shout out – Tim Tadlock, man, it doesn't matter who's on this team. You you tell him that, hey, ah, coach, man, like most of your players from last year's team are gone – most of your hitters are gone to the to the to the draft, and your best pitchers are going to the draft, and ah, your team's gonna be depleted for like ninety five percent of the programs in the country. That's devastating. For Tim Tadlock, that's all right, cool. We'll still be twenty five and 12, 37 games into the season, we ain't tripping, and that's that's really where we're at right now twenty five and twelve. So I kind of talked about the non con. They finished out the non con uh, um, with a with a series win over Iowa and the series went over oh, UT Arlington. Um, this is what ended up happening. I'm going to I'm going to set the set the record straight here Jeremy. Um, had a nice series win over Oklahoma State, right? I think most people that were doing a preseason pr- a prediction of the Big 12 uh, probably had Tech and Oklahoma State two and three in the conference right Tech Oklahoma State TCU are kind of in that that tier two I'm, I'm not gonna like Texas being the favorite isn't a, isn't a shock as of right now um, I think I think people were down on Texas coming into the year but they've really proven themselves and let's face it Texas um, Texas saw a home series against Tech and they beat the hell out of us with three games straight like that WWW um, you know and it, it wasn't pretty it wasn't great um, luckily for us, that same weekend, uh, they Texas, I believe, uh, Texas basketball embarrassed themselves. So that's great. That's always fun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a really, really bad series loss to Texas. And it was one of those series losses that you kind of, you look internally, and it didn't help that right after that Texas series, you go to New Mexico and you lose another one. That's four straight games, four straight Ls, the only four-game loss. Mind you, at that point, we hadn't lost back-to-back games all season, and just like that, you lose four straight. Uh, And it really made the program take a look internally and and think, like, man, where are we? Well, I got to say, since that four-game losing streak, we haven't lost a series. Right? You beat TCU, a huge series win over TCU, who again is your peer. One, probably the one of the, and I'm biased in this, one of the best college baseball games all season was that game against TCU at the end of March. 20 to 16. 20 to 16 incredible game a game that i ain't gonna lie to you i gave up on i was like you know what we're gonna lose we're down by like eight or whatever the score was at the time we're not winning this game i turned back into it holy crap how the hell did we get even close in this game oh my god it seemed like every inning pitcher was giving up dingers pitcher was giving up doubles RBIs were going left and right for both teams and take him out on top 20 to 16. It was incredible. And then we win the series that that one. Then we go to North Dakota State again. Another it's a mid-major, but a pretty decent mid-major win that series. Right? We get a dub in Stanford, go one one in Stanford. And recently, now Oklahoma is the worst team in the conference. And unfortunately, we did take, I was hoping to get a sweep at Oklahoma. Didn't get the sweep. They beat us silly in the last game, but you do get a series win against Oklahoma, right? And so that's where we're standing right now. We're a top twenty-five team, like I said, twenty-first ranked in the in 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 the country, right? We're still twenty-first ranked in the country. The talent is is definitely there. I mean, um, talk about hey, you know, one guy I know that really hated to get swept by Texas is Gavin Cash. Transfer from Texas. Played last year. Didn't get a lot of PT over at Texas last year. Didn't, and when he did, wasn't great. You know, he wasn't a huge name coming in. Like, transfer-wise, the only thing we were excited about was getting somebody else from Texas, right? But it wasn't It wasn't like he produced at Texas. Well, he's producing the hell out of the, right now. Like, right now, he's producing. Batting 400, over 400 on the year. Uh, 16 homers on the year. 59 RBI. Like, he is killing it right now. Gavin Cash is. Um, then you also have... Uh, Kevin basil true freshman right batting 367 on the year uh, over a thousand OPS um, he's also spe- you know he's also another one that is just doing at that third base spot which you definitely want your third baseman to be a key hitter in the lineup for sure. Those are kind of the guys that are really killing it for you. Um, no, another transfer, Nolan Hester coming from Wofford right? Nolan Hester, his he's been amazing, also having an OPS over a thousand, batting 361, right? Um, he's another one that's just getting nice base knocks, like it doesn't fail to get those nice, easy base knocks. Um, and then I also got to give a, a shout out to Gage Harrelson, a, another true freshman out in center field, just one newcomer of the Big 12 newcomer of the week. Right, he's also being being great. I think. If we're talking about the flaw in this team, and I kind of mentioned, I kind of talked about it a little bit with the 20 to 16 run, is pitching's not as great as it was last year. Last year we had some ace star pitchers, right? And this year it's just not the same. We don't we don't have those guys to rely on it. And Tim Tadlock, like he does every year, is trying to find guys, trying to play with his pitchers a little bit to see who is good. Ryan Ryan Free recently had a really good week. Just won he <laughs> he won pitcher of the week recently. Um, and Ryan Free, you know, there's there's you could argue. Thank mm-hmm. you. And there's questions as to well maybe maybe he's our best pitcher maybe he's somebody mason molina was a guy that was really big last year that still kind of come in um as a, as a guy that you're hoping that can really turn the tide uh his era you know you would, you would hope for it to be a little bit better but he's been really good both as a as a uh, mostly as a starter but also just as a long reliever right he's given up some really bad hits but he's also been solid in some other games brendan gurton he's another newer guy that has also been able to kind of get the get the the ball rolling a little bit but I I think we need this real true consistency outside of free free is as of right now free leads the team in appearances um he's not a starter though he's kind of just that long reliever um that when whenever the starter kind of goes a you know has has a bit of problems comes in there and can pitch four or five innings for you and shut it down and you need somebody better than that i think he's right now our most reliable pitcher and that's a little bit of a problem so that's that's kind of our flaw there is pitching but shout out to cash shout out to harrelson uh, shout out to basil like these guys are really key Keeping some of that subpar pitching in there um, for this team. So if we kind of look in the future, we got Grand Canyon coming up. That's this week. We play them every year, um, and this time they're at home. Last year, remember, we went to Grand Canyon and got whooped. So hopefully, it being a home game is a little bit better. It's hard to play in in, in that area in Colorado. It's high, you know, high altitude, all that jazz. Um, but luckily, because we've already played Texas, we played TCU, we played Oklahoma State. We've kind of played the three perceived best teams in the conference, right? And, you know, K-State's actually had a pretty good start to the conference. West Virginia is, does what they do every year, where you're like, how the hell is this team 500 in conference, but they just happen to be there. But, you know, I, I think the fact that you're you're currently 6-6 six and six in conference, not great, but not terrible. You know how good you are, and you've already played the three best, in my opinion, the three most talented teams in the conference in Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas. So now just go out and, and, and beat up on teams you should. Tech should be favored to win every series from here on out. All right? That's home against Baylor, that's at K-State, that'll probably be the toughest series remaining um, at West Virginia and home against Kansas. You should be favored to win almost all of those series. And if you win all those series, not only are you going to, you know, making the tournament isn't a question, but the question is, is can you host a regional? And, you know, right now being the the perceived 21st, 20th, 19th, whatever best uh, team in the conference, isn't going to host your regional. I don't really think this team is good enough to host a super regional, but I think if you win the remaining series that you have left, a regional could be in your future. I think we're a fringe regional team. Um, we still got some work to do to get there,
1: but uh, I think we can get there. So yeah, that's baseball, Jeremy. Baseball, softball. We are, and this is just. Um, there's one thing on this podcast that we don't do vehemently, and it's cover. Uh, it's covered baseball specifically, but also you just the diamond sports for tortillas it takes. Whenever we get out of, uh, <laughs> whenever we get out of basketball season. We just kinda of put it a uh, you know, we kinda of sit back. We let all the other podcasts, you know, talk about baseball. Albi and I, you know, we love sports. We're here, we talk about sports for a long time. But, uh, you know, it takes a little bit to get yeah, the baseball and softball conversation. Yeah, we don't talk about it enough. I mean, you've,
0: you've been watching softball, so it's not, it's not like you don't know. I will say this, and I, 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 if you're a friend of mine, you know that I wasn't into college baseball. One, I didn't get into college baseball at all when I was at Tech, right? We, weren't, we were just an, an average team. I didn't really get into baseball until we started making the College World Series. And then I, I would argue the past, like, two or three years, dive nose deep. I've been nose deep into it. So I'm a new I'm a new fan when it comes to baseball. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Y'all are friends. We're all friends of the pod here. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm a, I'm a new fan when it comes to baseball. Um, but this is an exciting team. It's, it's fun to be a fan. I can bandwagon this, right? It's fun to be a fan of a winning team. Shout out to Tim Tadlock for having us. A, a, right now, baseball is probably, not even probably, it is the most successful program in, in the Baseball and track are the two most successful programs in, in, uh, uh, at Tech. And we got to put a spotlight on it. We got to talk about it. Um, and another thing we got to talk about, Jeremy, is all the great stuff at Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel just dropped new swag for Texas Tech, and it looks amazing, right? Um, their old tortilla toss shirt. That was great. It looked fantastic. Yeah, throw it away. Get the new one. The new one got a flying tortilla with a face on it. Let me, okay, just in case you didn't hear me, it has a flying tortilla with a face on it. It looks incredible. You also have the 1973 um, Southwestern Conference Champ shirt. Uh, that one looks good, right? That's a good one. Nice long sleeve, even though we're getting into the summer. I got you. But you got to buy it now that so we can have it for the winter, right? Oh, nice. You were talking about the
1: quarter zip, Jeremy. Did you actually get the quarter zip? Uh, I am. I am in the process of purchasing it, taking my taking my birthday money. I'm gonna get myself a Core Zip, wear my khakis, and try to sneak down on the sideline. Look like a assistant coach, a grad assistant. <laughs> it's that's fresh, right. man.
0: Well, speaking of which, Jeremy is old now. He's turned thirty. He's joined the thirty club. Uh, his back has ached ever since. Uh, his knees yeah. cracked. My knees hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's so welcome.
1: Welcome I to the club. Some Marigolds the next day uh, okay, outside, yelled at some kids. This is, this is a family you
0: know. podcast. I didn't know what type of way you said you <laughs> planted some Mary. I didn't know where you're gonna go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know where you're gonna go after that. <laughs> it's like, whoa, <laughs> uh, you're in Lubbock, buddy. This ain't Austin. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, no, go to Homefield Apparel. Make sure to use our promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, because if you're going to get Tech Swag, why not get Tech Swag at a discounted price? That's TAKES12, 12. 2 So, um, Jeremy, we got one more topic to talk about before we, before we end this podcast. And I'm going to preface this by saying some, not everybody loves the Grant McCaslin Hire. For the Texas Tech, Tech men's basketball team, um, and the people that don't like to hire even more so don't like his start. Right, he still doesn't have his his staff still isn't fully fleshed out. Now, mind you, he got hired like two weeks ago, but his uh, his staff is not fleshed out yet, so he hasn't hired everybody. We don't know who the associate head coach is going to be. Um, We've reached out to a few people, uh, but we haven't. One of the guys that we were a little slow to reach out to was Tyler Perry, which was North Texas' uh, star man, led the team in scoring, was the, the um, conference player of the year. Uh, so he's been slow on that. We've had some people transfer out, like like Elijah Fisher and K.J. Allen, but those are those were guys who were like, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. But we had a big news over the weekend, and then today was confirmed on Monday, uh, that Jalen Tyson – Right, I think I think when it comes to players that we wanted to keep, it's Pop, Isaac's one A and Jalen Tyson one B. Uh, Jalen Tyson announced that he's entering the portal. Portal, um, he could come back, but he's entering the portal, and the likeliness of a player coming back is very slim uh, once they enter the portal. Um, so a lot of people are upset. Grant McCaslin was trending last night, Jeremy. He was trending. Um, a lot of people were on Twitter. He was. A lot of people were upset that Grant McCaslin let Jalen Tyson, who tweeted out that he was a red Raider for life they let him go. And people are saying that already Grant McCaslin should be on the hot seat. Already. So my question to you, Jeremy Gillen, is how soon can we criticize a coach? Like, is it too soon to criticize him for his task? Can you criticize him the day he signs the contract? What do you think?
1: Hmm.
0: Actually, let me backtrack. This, you can criticize him any all you want. You can criticize him from the, before he sends the contract. But how how quickly does it make? Like how quickly do, can you reasonably criticize a coach?
1: Early, I'm thinking like I'm trying to think of. There's a multitude of tweets like spinning through my head of people attacking this different ways. Um, we're a couple weeks into this guy's hire, and there really has been not a lot of anything that's been going on. You know, when he came over from North Texas, it was. All right, we got a guy who can win, and he's kind of chill, and he's a family man, and all right. Uh, And here we are two weeks later, like, this guy isn't fit for this job. What the hell is going on here? Um, Mind you, we had early on, and I'm just trying to think about this in, like, context. We had RJ uh, enter the transfer portal with an option to come back, and he came back. We had we lost, uh, but Bacho is in the transfer portal. Um oh, Bacho, I forgot. That's that. another one. Yeah, yeah, Bacho went to the transfer portal. Uh, we had Pop Isaacs was sitting kind of in limbo, but then made his commit made his commitment to the program again, uh, which I always think is strange. But I understand why there would be like a need to recommit. Although at the same time, we haven't heard anything from Curran Walton uh, or Lamar Washington or. Who else have we not heard from? But there's these players who are just like, you know, like, I'm, I'm on the team. I'm here. And so there's no need to establish that. Although I think, you know, the press around, like, Pop Isaacs, that kind of makes sense. But now you get Jalen Tyson. And this is, like, bringing up that RR4L, which is kind of BS, you know, because everybody who has said that has <laughs> in one way or another, like... The Disgraced notice. the university? You know what's
0: funny is he, he tweeted RR4L, and we made the joke that that means he's leaving. And then sure enough, a week later, he left.
1: And sure enough, <laughs> there it, it writing was on the wall. So for me, here, here's where it boils down to me. To answer your question, no. I think that, like, I don't think there should be any serious criticism of a head coach um, for doing their job. And when I say that, what I mean is that, you know, Grant McCraslin was brought here. Because the previous head coach was not doing his job. This is a Texas Tech basketball team that finished ninth in the Big 12. Uh, we didn't go to the postseason. We didn't even get talked about the NIT, and I'm sure they wouldn't have accepted it had they been offered. Um, there was a lot of things wrong with this program, and I think that Texas Tech fans like to look at the athletes as a untouchable, you know, but at the same time, they're untouchable until they hurt me. So, Fardoz AMAC. It was like, hey, man, I'm so proud of Fardoz A-Mac. You know, he's working so hard, all this, that. As soon as the Big 12 game was over, that Big 12 tournament game was over, and he tweeted that out. Like he got that tweet out. Fardoz A-Mac can't hit a bucket to save his life. We don't need him. <laughs> screw him. You know, it's screw this guy. Um, it's this, like, immediate reverse. Uh, you know, my example I used in our DM earlier It's like, Kevin McCuller. Kevin McCullough was seen as this, you know, flagship player to stay on with Adams, you know, he was kind of like leading the charge against this revenge tour, which was a great season, you know, we had a powerful season with McCuller, but then all of a sudden, McCuller decides to transfer, you know, R4L, he's like, nah, I'm out of here, I'm going to Kansas, and everybody, it, it wasn't Adams' fault, it wasn't anybody on staff's fault, it was McCuller's fault for being selfish, it, and... And yet, what happened? We peeled the we peeled the onion layers away, and yeah, guess what? It was probably a little bit of Adam's fault, and you know, some mishandling it by the um, coaching staff.
0: Yeah, I will say I do wish McCullough's had went literally anywhere else but Kansas or anywhere else in the Big yeah. Twelve. I think I had a lot to do with the two.
1: Yeah, so you know, and both those parties were at fault there. But for me, right now, like Grant McCaslin has inherited a program that. Texas Tech fans who are all up on this program right now are the same Texas Tech fans who have been able to enjoy the fortune of seeing a national championship game where the double T is represented. And I think that is really clouding a lot of people's mindset when it comes to this of, well, I mean, we, we've been there before, so we just need to do the same stuff we were doing and it'll all be okay. And so you've got to have the people that are here to make that happen. But let's not forget that was years ago now. We have gotten worse as time goes on, (laughs) and so Grant McCaslin was brought in to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to put this program back on track of winning. To win championships, and and win championships. That was you know that's his word. So I think that there's a lot, and I'll finish this, and we can keep on. I'll I'll finish my thought here, but I think that there's a lot of people on the Bird app who are acting like Division One head coaches who have never coached collegiate basketball in their life.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, so I posed that question of how soon is it to seriously critique a coach, and, and like I said, you can critique them all you want before, before during, and after. That's what fans do, um, but it it really, like to me, all I care about when it comes to my coach, whether it's McCaslin, whether it's McGuire, whether it's Tadlock, is wins and losses. I don't care about anything else. I don't care if McCaslin lets everybody go and decides to sign. Um, decides to sign Alvin and the Chipmunks to be Mm. the the point guard, small, forward, and center. Like, I I don't care. If Alvin can drop 25 points a game and we're winning games, great, right? Like, that's all I care about, right? And so, like, so I think a lot of people are... So if we're saying that Grant McCowson's doing terrible at his job because he's letting the, the, what, third-leading scorer on the ninth-best team in the conference transfer... Like we got to remember, this was the ninth best team in the conference. I'm not saying that you have to hold on to anybody. Like mind you, I wish Jalen Tyson stays, and I hope he comes back. I think Jalen Tyson's a good player. I think he'd be a good foundational piece going forward. I'm also not the coach. If Grant, McK- so the reports are that Grant McCaslin did not talk to, um, did not talk to Jalen Tyson. Has not messaged him. Hasn't called him. Um, shout out to Tobias Bass uh, for that report, but. That's the reports. It's saying that he didn't even – he didn't talk to them. That's the primary reason why Jalen Tyson's ready to, to do's out. But that's the case. That Grant McCall is kind of making it known that I, I kind of want to go in a different direction, right? And it's – and I, I mentioned in our chat before, but, like, in basketball, you can't really play with that. You only got 12 schol- – you only got a certain amount of scholarships. You only got, you know, 12 players that are going to play on a, on a given night. And so you can't um, – you can't really, you know, go back and forth on it, right? You, it's usually, and it sounds harsh, but a lot of times college basketball coaches kind of make it known that, hey, we'd like to go in a different direction. You might want to enter the portal. Now, McCaslin didn't necessarily do that, but kind of giving a cold shoulder implies that. If McCaslin wants to go in a different direction because he's watched the tape of Jalen Tyson, he's watched the team and says, you know what, Jalen, I don't really know. I don't really know if you fit, then that's the case, right? I think one thing you mentioned the pop Izzy's recommitment, usually you see that happen when you've had a conversation with a new coach. When you had a conversation with the new coach, when you go through the new coach, you're like, man, actually, I like this guy too. That's when you see a recommitment like that happen, right? And so, but for so that's so for me, I'm like, whatever, as of right now, I give McCaslin the tools to do what he needs to do, what he sees fit to get the W's that he needs to get. I don't care what our ranking is in recruiting. I don't care. All that is just offseason fodder for us to talk about. If he is winning championships, that is winning games, winning championships, that's all I care about. And that's when the critique comes in. So I, I mentioned it earlier in our chat again. So I'm not the big I wasn't the biggest Maguire fan of the, of the hire, right? I know everybody at Tech was very, you know, gung ho about it. And he kind of was the fan's choice, which is kind of cool. Um, But, you know, for me, I'm sitting back and I'm saying, well, you know, sounds nice. He sounds like a really good recruiter, uh, but he's also never been a coordinator. He's an associate head coach at Baylor. Um, I think we could get somebody better. I wasn't sold. Right. McGuire then brings the energy. He's, he's, you know, gun ho. He's this. We're recruiting pretty high. It's like, man, this is all nice and impressive. Still not. Convinced because I haven't seen anything. Oh well, we we hired you know, we um, we hired really good really good coordinators, right? You, you get uh, Zach Kittley, the number one offense in the country. You get Tim Doruder, a well seasoned DC. You're like oh, that's cool and all. What happens in the season? And I wasn't a believer in Joey McGuire till November 26th when we beat Oklahoma because that was a game we had no business winning. We were already we would we were already six and five on the season. Right? But a lot of the games weren't pretty, weren't fun. It still didn't give me a lot of confidence that this was going to continue until the Oklahoma game. Because the Oklahoma game was a game that we won't, we wouldn't have won under Wells. We wouldn't have won under Kingsbury. We wouldn't have won under Tuberville. Right? That was a game we had no business winning, yet we won. And that is the first time I became a true believer in Joey Maguire because he's getting the W's, not all that other stuff. He's getting the wins. Right. And, um, you know, somebody somebody tweeted at me saying that it's you got to have the right ingredients to make the cake. And it's it's it was a really good thought in that aspect of is McHathen getting the right ingredients. But the thing about it is we don't really know till the season starts we don't know if these are the right ingredients or not until the season starts if they're willing to buy in if they're not willing to buy in then that's let's move on but i think to me that's when the the criticism starts when the season starts if we're losing games pile on pile on but if we're not you got to let him get to that that thing even with wells and a lot of people were against wells hire including myself i didn't like the wells hire right um You know, we were cautiously optimistic going into that season. Wells kind of the we-us-are. I liked it. I liked everything he was doing. But none of that mattered until the season started. And then what happened, Jeremy, for year one? He lost to Kansas. Lost to Kansas and, and there and it's an avalanche and unfortunately it it's worse when people don't really like you to start off with right and so mccaslin doesn't have the fan support that mcguire did when he first got on i think for mccaslin it's about 50 is what i'm seeing for the most part right maybe a little actually i'd say a little better than that probably about like 60 40 i think he has uh, some fan support but not as much as mcguire or kingsbury got when he was hired or mark adams got last year right it's kind of that normal where it's similar to beard actually when beard got hired a lot of the people knew about Beard's past. They just knew about a guy who used to coach in Lubbock, so has that Lubbock background. Didn't and had been in the tournament, won a game in the tournament before, but didn't know much really else about him. And right, so you come, you kind of have that blank slate where you don't really have a lot of fan support, right? They just kind of want to wait and see. And Beard's first year, if you remember, Jeremy wasn't great. He took a tournament team, and they missed the tournament the next year. A lot of struggles, a lot of games that we lost that we shouldn't have. But what happened? We trusted the process let us lay out
1: sure enough we're in the lead eight and then we're in the national championship game you got to let these things lay out trust the process and i think you know something you bring up and so i think about coach prime and when he came to colorado and he was like hey some of y'all better <laughs> in the transfer portal cuz you're not it. Um, you know that that hubris that very like that bravado it's it's really entertaining but it's it's a really good illustration Of college athletics, especially now that they know that they have the transfer portal to like, it doesn't go just one way. It's not just athletes get to use and abuse the transfer portal. Like coaches know that athletes, if they don't want an, like if they don't believe an athlete will can like work in their system, that the athlete has an opportunity to go to a university that they'll fit into. And so McCaslin giving the cold shoulder. And again, I like, I, I, I desperately want to know more context around all of this um, and who's what the source, who the the sources are and how that played out because that that feels out of character. Um, But if he doesn't fit the same way that like, if you don't fit at the job that you are doing, if you don't fit into that job, dude, that's bad for you. That's bad for the company. Like this is a job for these student athletes. So if Jalen Tyson doesn't fit into Grant McCaslin's um the way that he plays ball like it's just gonna cause a rift later in the season tyson will be i mean remember that tyson went and followed beard to texas but when beard wasn't using tyson Tyson tyson's like dude f this i'm out like uh, this is not good if the same thing would play out and you know it's the hard but mature decision of a coach to say or cold shoulder you know however that played out like this isn't like this isn't going to work for us like and thank goodness, the transfer portal is there because yes, tyson is a good he's a good baller. he's got a lot of developing to do, but he's got a really good ceiling and he's a dog and so any team will be good like glad to have him. but if he doesn't fit like we have to we we have to defer to McCasland, because he's he's right in the He's he's the one who calls the shots he's the one who recruits he's the one who um, coaches the game. Not well, Tyson. not only that, we so, also
0: got to, We also got it. Like you got to give him the opportunity to get what he he needs, what he sees he needs, and then we can criticize him later, right? Like if if it's a situation where we're starting to lose, well then, hey man, like this is all on you, right? Like it's this is you're the one making all these decisions. We're allowing you to do this, that, and the other. It's all on you now, right? You're the one that made the decision to let Tyson go, and if that's a bad decision, and we end up seeing Tyson dropping twenty five points a game for you know, uh Mississippi State. <laughs> I was gonna say another yeah, school. So, so out of conference. Out of yeah, conference. <laughs> from Mississippi State and he's dropping twenty five points a game and we're losing, well then it's it's justifiable to say McCasm, what were you thinking? Right? But as of right now, you gotta let the coach cook and do what he wants to do because the worst thing like Jeremy was saying that could happen is is say, is you keep Tyson and then it's just a bad matchup because he doesn't fit what you were trying to do, your vision in the first place. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, all that matters is wins and losses. Now, I will say, though coaches have the ability to, look, to go to transfer portal, I do think it has um, accelerated. Well, it really has accelerated what people are now expect from coaches. right? Because now a guy like Jerome Tang goes to Kansas State, his year one, go to the Sweet Sixteen. So now it's like, that's what we expect year one. It's not, you know, before it used to be like, okay, well, we're going to see you. We're going to let you do the process and recruit your own players and by year three or four we hope to see some some good progress right tubby smith he came in right he uh he was given three three third years when he made the NCAA tournament the first two years though there were improvement if you were a tech fan you saw those two teams and you were like man we are not embarrassingly bad oh look we are actually competitive in these games you saw we were still losing games but tubby smith's not used to losing games right in that third year we made a tournament Like, that was a shock. We made the NCAA tournament. Nowadays, it's a lot tougher, right? You don't get that leeway. You don't get that leash because of the transfer portal, because of how quickly... Um, so you can get some of these players. And so, you know, it's kind of a catch-22, and, and I think Grant McCausen is going to figure that out. You're now coaching in the toughest conference in the, in the country, and you're going to ha- he's going to have pressure. But I'm at the very least going to let him get to that point where we see the wins and losses before judging him, right? And un- whether you call it fair or unfair, I-, I may come back to the fact that you let Jalen Tyson go if we start losing and Jalen Tyson starts excelling, right? Um, but... Uh, but we got to get to that point first before we're just, we're just doing that. Similar to how I let McGuire get to that point. I let McGuire, before I criticized McGuire, for who I didn't necessarily think was a bad hire, but I, didn't I, wasn't, I, was, I gave it like a B-minus, I think. Um, you know, I waited until the last game of the regular season to say, nah, he's him. He's, he's that guy, right? He's the guy that we wanted. And uh, I think everybody else needs to do the same. Like trust the process, let it play out, see what happens. Like we can, you don't have to have a take immediately. I know everybody's on social media and they want to have these exacerbated takes. You don't have to do it immediately. You can wait. It's fine. Right. Uh, Jeremy's 30 now. He's wiser now. So he understands this. My brain is so big. (laughs) I wake up with pain in my head. That's right.
1: Brain is just. That's that's right. (laughs) Um, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Let me drop some wisdom on you. Um, To whoever said you got to have the right ingredients to make a cake, I guarantee you that somebody has fed you brownies they made with mayonnaise, and even though that is a crime against God, you liked them. So keep that in mind.
0: Sounds disgusting. But
1: they're good. Just don't ask. Never ask. (laughs) ask.
0: (laughs) Oh, the Waffle House rules.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly
0: what it is. Waffle House rules, never ask. Never, never look back. My wife used to hate Waffle House. And I was like, no, see, nah, girl, yeah. you messing up. Don't look in the kitchen. No. Straight <laughs> no, down not. at your plate. Never look in the kitchen. Yeah, straight down at your plate and eat it. All right? Never look at the kitchen.
1: Somebody's getting beat up. You just keep looking at your plate. You just keep split. looking
0: at them. Oh, man. In the wall. It's rule number one. Never look around. <laughs> never look around. Look. Don't look make around. eye contact. Don't <laughs> even look straight. Yeah, don't, <laughs> no, no. It's don't look. <laughs> don't even look at the waitress. She's like, or the waiter. She's like, oh, thank you very much. Take your food. <laughs> thank you. Look straight down. Don't look up. Don't look at the person beside you. <laughs> All right. Don't look at the couple arguing. No, just look straight down at your food and eat it. But it's going to be the best damn waffles, eggs, and hash browns that you're going to have for the day. You know? Just follow the rules. Just follow the rules. All right. Um... And if you're following the rules, that means you need to go to Homefield Apparel. So, for Jeremy Gillen, that is the People's Champ, this is Albie Shore, and you have a listen to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 people.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring: laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.